This is Bad Religion Podcast, episode 22, for Tuesday, August 28th, 2007. New Maps of Hell. Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Bad Religion Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike. Today's episode, as promised, covers the release of Bad Religion's newest and most 14th of all of their albums, New Maps of Hell. By the way, I finally got my new microphone in, so maybe you'll hear a difference in audio quality in this episode. Now, if you now if you listened to the last episode, you'd know that I purposely had been avoiding spoilers from this album so that I could appreciate it in full. So I somehow managed to avoid heading over to Amazon.com a few weeks ago and listening to the 30-second teasers, and I was also able to stop myself from downloading the leak posted to the Bad Religion Sharing Club a few weeks ago. Did this pay off? Well, for one thing, the actual release of the album had a bigger impact on me than The Empire Strikes First. For that album, I did download the leak and probably listened to it a dozen times before it came out in the summer of 2004. Getting my hands on the actual packaging was still cool, and hearing a version without the transition from Overture to Sinister Rouge being messed up was nice, but it wasn't nearly as exciting as, say, the release date of Halo 2 or something. But because I waited for this album to come out, New Maps of Hell, I was able to listen to it pretty much in its entirety without having heard most of the songs before. And coming up soon will be my impressions on listening to the album straight through for the first time. But before I get too in-depth on the album itself, I'll talk a little bit about the packaging. First off, I have to say that I do not like the cover art to this album. The red and black just seems too generic and lacks the color and more upbeat style of albums like Suffer or Against the Grain. Although I guess the fiery cover treads back to How Could Hell Be Any Worse Days, the band kind of already did that for the single for Los Angeles is Burning, which if you remember was just the upside-down image of How Could Hell Be Any Worse. Additionally, the cover gives off an almost, a dare say, satanic tone to it, which I think misses the point of the band. If you watch the interviews on the Along the Way video, you'd hear Jay talking about how while the band delivers some pretty serious messages, they intentionally try not to be so glum about the presentation. He was talking about the music in that interview, but I think the same holds true for the videos and album art. The American Jesus video didn't have the band going around burning some dude dressed as Jesus, instead it was more symbolic and probably more thought-provoking. While I'm not discounting the symbolism of the art on New Maps of Hell, I am arguing that it could be done in a more aesthetically pleasing manner. As for the rest of the packaging, the actual CD design was pretty cool. Being just a crossbuster, it's not the most original design ever, but it sure looks pretty nice in a CD wallet. I'm actually kind of surprised that none of their CDs had this iconic logo on it before, at least none that I could remember. Uh, there's not too much to say about the liner notes, they're the usual bad religion fare. Anyways, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I decided to write down my initial impressions of all the songs after hearing them for the first time. Well, the first time on the album, at least, um, I did hear some of the songs like Heroes and Martyrs or Honest Goodbye beforehand, but that's irrelevant. Anyway, uh, later in the show, I'll be revisiting these impressions with what I think of the song after listening to them a few more times and letting them sink in some more. But in the meantime, here's what I thought of the songs on my first impression. Alright, so the first track was 52 Seconds. Um, I felt that it was a very weird way to start the album, and I'm not a very big fan of the song at all. Uh, then Heroes and Martyrs. I've heard this song several times now. It's a pretty average bad religion song. Uh, as for Germs of Perfection, I'm not the biggest fan of the melody of this song. New Dark Ages. It's catchy. Stands out as the best song so far. Requiem for Descent. Still cacks ass, although I do prefer listening to it as a single rather than an album track. Before You Die. 
Okay, again, it's kind of an average song. Honest Goodbye. I still don't have a big problem with the song. Lyrically, it could be a little better, but it functions well as a slower-paced song on the album. Uh, Dearly Beloved. Set phasers to suns a pretty weird illusion. This is definitely a Brett song. The end of the song where the music dies down is much better than the beginning, by the way. Uh, Grains of Wrath. The vocals seem a little soft on this track, but despite that, it's pretty good. Musically, it sounds the most like a Golden Era Bad Religion song to me. Murder. What the hell is with their love for vocal distortion on this album? It doesn't work very well with Bad Religion style. The song just isn't melodic enough. Scrutiny. The intro sounds exactly like some B-side or The Empire Strikes First track that I can't think of at the moment. Oh yeah, it's Atheist Peace. Doesn't do anything that Atheist Peace didn't do for me. Let's actually take a quick listen to Atheist Peace and Scrutiny to figure out if I'm hearing things or not. Uh, Prodigal Son. I heard very good things about this, but I don't know if this song necessarily delivered. The Grand Illusion. Eh, nothing spectacular. Lost Pilgrim. Apart from the background vocals being a little overdone, the song seems pretty good. Might be a sleeper hit like To Another Abyss was for me. Submission Complete. The music almost gives it an Empire Strikes First vibe, although it's not as annoying as that song. Uh, it's definitely got a better chorus. Fields of Mars. Gets points for just being musically different from the other songs in the album. I like it. Overall, the album seems a little too loud. Too much going on in the backgrounds with the drums and background vocals. It will be interesting to hear how some of these songs sound live. Of course, first impressions aren't all that great for Bad Religion albums. It's going to require dozens of more listens before I really appreciate what's going on in the songs. Plus, there's the fact that I haven't really delved into the lyrics yet. But thanks to the magic of taking a month and a half in between episodes, I'll be able to do it in a later section of this podcast. Anyways, let's get into the actual music. Appropriately, I'll be leading off this show with some tracks that the band has performed live recently from New Maps of Hell. Unfortunately, there have only been five such songs performed at the moment, but hopefully this is a factor of the 30-minute Warped Tour set, and not the band's reluctance to play some of the non-obvious hit tracks from the album. It would be nice to not have another To Another Abyss happen again, where a pretty good track is never played on the new album's tour, pretty much dooming it to the list of songs Bad Religion has never played live. Anyways, first up will be Heroes and Martyrs. This comes from the Free The List show that they played in Nevada, which was put up on MySpace. The sound quality is pretty good. The only problem is that they didn't put up all the songs from the set, notably Scrutiny, which is the only place so far that they've played it. Oh well. After that will be a live version of Requiem for Descent from the Dallas stop on the Warp Tour. And finally, we'll get our daily serving of woes, uh, since I'll be playing a live version of Honest Goodbye, this one comes from the K-Rock Weenie Rose that the band played a few months ago. Here goes.
your knuckles again Got the cane and survive This transubstantiation And get so mean I wanna know what it means You know I did For this special New Massive Hell episode, the news will pretty much focus on some of the professional reviews that the album has received. But first, in case you didn't hear, the band will be releasing a video for the single Honest Goodbye. It's apparently still waiting for approval from Graffin before it's released, which is a little strange seeing as how it will be a good while after the album was released that the video will be released. Allegedly, New Maps of Hell was also the band's highest charting album to date, reaching 35th on the US charts and selling some 35,000 records. I'm a bit skeptical of these numbers, though, because it seems like either Stranger Than Fiction or The Grey Race ought to have had better numbers. Although I guess since it was originally reported on Epitaph, the numbers are probably true. Perhaps it's just that those earlier albums, Stranger Than Fiction in particular, had long staying power which resulted in them going gold. Anyways, it remains to be seen whether New Maps of Hell will go on to be the band's most successful album to date, which certainly might do something to Jay's record sales argument. But that's for another day. Anyways, here's a short little roundup of some of the more or less professional reviews of New Maps of Hell. Punk News said, While many veteran acts are content to wallow in their glory days, rehashing tired sounds and playing the same predictable crowd-pleasers to naive fans, Bad Religion continues to challenge themselves, revamping and redefining their sound without straying into the unknown. New Maps of Hell is a perfect example, and amazingly, some of the band's finest work yet. Aversion said, Although Bad Religion makes an admirable attempt at calling up the inspiration one more time, New Maps of Hell is little more than another reason for the band to keep touring, keep promoting its back catalog, and keep on the radar, but the realities of uh, mathematics are catching up with Bad Religion. All Music Guide said, Bad Religion has already proved their skill, releasing solid albums every few years for a while now, and New Maps of Hell is no different. 
It finds that the guys don't just still have it, but they sound goddamn rejuvenated, bristling with electric energy and undeniable fervor. Their sharpness ultimately a testament to all the years playing together, especially in the complementary songwriting skills of Greg Graffin and Brett Gerwitz. The Onion AV Club said, Almost every old punk band goes through a back-to-basics phase, and Bad Religion is clearly in the midst of its own. Uh, Amazon.com's review said, Their 14th album to date, New Maps of Hell, is a terrific-sounding record. At least two-thirds of it begs many repeated listens. The album's second single, Heroes and Martyrs, is exactly what the band does best. Next up is The Diamond Bath. For those of you who don't go to University of Maryland like I do, this is our campus's newspaper. In my humble opinion, they usually have bad taste in everything. Now, let's see what they thought of New Maps of Hell. Quote, New Maps of Hell's biggest problem comes in his lack of a defining song. None of the 16 songs come close to the band's classics, such as I Want to Conquer the World, Punk Rock Song, and American Jesus. However, the album is still better than the late 90s album it released when Brett Gerwitz had left the band, but is certainly weaker than the band's offerings from the 80s and early 90s. In the end, New Maps of Hell is an album for Bad Religion's fans, striking a similar chord to its previous work. But for someone looking to get into the band, Suffer or No Control are much better examples of bad religion at its best. The UK's The Guardian had a pretty negative review, giving the album 2 out of 5 stars. They stated, It's hard to know what's more depressing, that songs like Requiem for Descent could have been written 15 years ago or 15 minutes ago and have equal relevance, or that despite their best intentions, bad religion will never be more than the most politically astute band to get the kids moshing on the van's warp tour. Spin Magazine, one of the probably seven magazines I get a free subscription to, had pretty much only positive things to say about the album, such as, These songs are more frantic and noisy than the band's recent work, with opening blast 52 seconds lasting just that. But the targets haven't changed much, and Bad Religion still hits them hard. But then they only give the album 3 out of 5 stars, I guess because the album wasn't that big of a change from their 13 previous ones. It seems like the majority of negative reviews harped on the fact that the band sounds the same, which I can certainly understand from a reviewer who is not that familiar with the band and only listened to the album once. Hell, if you heard my comments above, some of the songs of the album did sound quite similar on first listen. But I think that one of the things Bad Religion have a lot of is subtlety, especially in the lyrics. Listening to the album just once is never enough to grasp the meaning of the context of the songs. Plus, the fact that Bad Religion writes harmony-heavy songs really lends itself to you knowing the lyrics and singing along. Sure, this can be said about a lot of the music, but I tend to feel that when you know what's coming in a Bad Religion song, you appreciate it a lot more than if you're waiting for surprises, such, on, such as on your first listen. In fact, most of the songs that stand out on the first listen end up being songs I personally start to not like after a few weeks or months. For example, my first listen to The Empire Strikes First had me certain that Live Again was the best song on there. It certainly isn't a bad song, but after repeated listens, I started to appreciate songs like To Another Abyss, Beyond Electric Dreams, and All There Is much more than that song. Which is not to say that all bad religion songs will improve on all listens, or even that all bad religion songs are quality. Once again, getting back to the Empire Strikes First, I still do not like the title track or boot stamping, no matter how many times I listen to them. Perhaps it's a combination of the lack of lyrical subtlety, at least in the title track, and the musical departure away from almost pop harmonies on the rest of the album that makes those songs not appealing to me. Of course, some people just genuinely dislike Bad Religion. I'm not going to stand here and say that their opinion is wrong, as obviously everyone reacts to music in different ways. I just wanted to give my commentary on perhaps what could have accounted for a few of the aspects of the negative reviews. Personally, I don't expect overwhelmingly positive reviews until the band makes a real radical departure from their style, which, if we go by the Rule of Three trend uh, with Bad Religion albums, could possibly be the next album. 
In my observations, music reviewers strive for change and impact rather than quality. While I don't have stats to prove this, I'd wager that if you looked at the reviews of Suffer compared to No Control, Suffer would clean No Control's clock. Because Suffer was seen as something of a revival of punk rock, it likely received extra praise amongst critics. No Control, meanwhile, is probably at least as good an album as Suffer is. It has better harmonies, has just a little more range, and probably created one or two more endearing staples for the band than Suffer. But because the album merely built on, and perhaps even perfected Suffer, I'd be willing to bet that several reviewers panned the album for its similarity to its predecessor. We can also look at a similar example with the process of belief in The Empire Strikes First. While this is obviously based on my subjective opinion that Empire was a better overall album than Process, a quick look over at Metacritic reveals that Process scored a 72 index rather than a 70. That probably falls in the margin of error, and of course you also run into problems of assigning imprecise scores to reviews, especially on different review systems, but I think it still gets at the fact that reviewers are much more inclined to like albums that do something different than albums that simply perfect what was already there. Okay, that's enough review summaries. Let's get back into the music. But before we do that, let me take a minute to issue a public service announcement. Hey, 14-year-olds! Stop putting up shitty 30-second cell phone clips from the pit of Infected on YouTube. They just clog up the ability to find renditions of complete songs that people actually would want to hear. Thank you. Anyways, first up isn't exactly a new song from New Maps of Hell, but it is a song that pretty much no one had heard until a few days ago. This is Footprints in the Snow, an unreleased track from Cold as the Clay. I was a little disappointed to learn that this track was a cover and not an original Greg Graffin composition, but it is still nice to hear unexpected new content from Graffin. I'd like to thank Almac from the Bad Religion page for posting not only this song, but the entire unmastered album of Cold as the Clay. It's really cool to hear some alternate takes from Cold as the Clay tracks. I'll be playing at least one of those songs in the next episode. After that will be a live version of New Dark Ages from the same The List MySpace show that I talked about earlier. I believe this was the first or one of the first times that the band played this song live, which is pretty cool to have on tape. Finally, I'll be playing I Wanna Conquer the World. It's not exactly from New Maps of Hell, but it is at least from the Columbia, Maryland Warp Tour show a few weeks ago. Here goes. <laughs>
that promised land But every time the snow falls It brings back memories Cause I found her when the snow was on the ground I traced a little footprints in the snow
second consecutive episode, I'm actually going to do a song-guessing contest. Shocking, I know. So here are last week's answers for those of you who didn't get them, which would be all of you except for Comic Sans, who got the last three, and also congrats to Jessica and Alkaline388, who got the last one. But for the rest of you, here are the answers from last week. Number one. That was Let It Burn. Number two. That was The Empire Strikes First. Number three. That was Frogger. Number four. That was Nobody Listens. And number five. And that was Bored and Extremely Dangerous. Alright, now here are this week's five clips. I tried to make them a little easier than last week's bloodbath. Uh, If you think you know the answers, send them my way to brpodcast at gmail.com to claim your fame and fortune. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. If you didn't get him the first time. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Speaking of contests, let's take a little trip down memory lane and hear what my blind predictions for who wrote what on New Maps of Hell were. Without replaying the entire clip, here's a rundown of what my predictions were. 52 seconds, Greg. Heroes and Martyrs, Greg. Germs of Perfection, Greg. New Dark Ages, Greg. Requiem, Brett. Before You Die, Greg. Honest Goodbye, Brett. Dearly Beloved, Brett. Grains of Wrath, Brett. Murder, Brett. Scrutiny, Greg. Prodigal Son, Brett. The Grand Illusion, Greg. Lost Pilgrim, Brett. Submission Complete, Brett. Fields of Mars, Brett. Also marked down a new chapter to be a Greg song. It remains to be seen whether that will pan out or not. My prediction that this was a concept album was also wrong, unless it's a really abstract concept. I also predicted that Heroes and Martyrs would be the first single off the album, which was actually almost true. I guess it's something of the second single behind Honest Goodbye. 
I guess wrong on what song would be cut, picking Lost Pilgrim over New Chapter. But all in all, it looks like my predictions were not quite as terrible as I thought they'd be. Uh, we still haven't heard who wrote all of the songs on the album, so these new predictions are based on lyrics and a little bit of context clues through interviews with the band and such. So without further ado, here are my new predictions based on actually hearing the songs of who wrote what songs. 52 seconds. I'm pegging this as a Brett song because the line, maybe God is just a chemical fiction, sure doesn't sound like the position of an avowed atheist like Greg Graffin. This one goes to Brett Agnostic Gurowitz. Heroes and Martyrs. Brett. I'm pretty sure this was mentioned in an interview. The warlike nature it seems to be describing also indicates it's a Brett song. Germs of Perfection. Greg. Lacerate, eviscerate, and perforate, and mutilate all seems like terms from one of Dr. Graffin's textbook glossaries. Plus, the subject of progress in science lead me to believe that it's one of his songs. New Dark Ages. Brett. The bridge or whatever you want to call it going, the world will be erased, our kin will be immaculate, ejaculate in space, before the kind of kings love. He'll snatch us from above, brothers help me sing it, sounds very all there is like. Requiem for Descent. Greg, I'm pretty sure this was revealed in an interview with Greg coming up with the concept for this song. Before You Die. I'll go with Greg as it sort of gets at this think for yourself, not what you've been yelled at through doctrine notion, present in a lot of other Greg songs like The Answer or No Direction. Honest Goodbye. Brett and a little bit of Greg. I believe this was stated in an interview. Plus, Brett also revealed that the song was about Truman Capote on the Bad Religion page. Dearly Beloved, Brett. Said Phaser's the Sun, the background chorus, the fact that the song tells a story, all scream Brett to me. Grains of Wrath. In some interviews, Greg talked about how this was inspired by ethanol, leading me to believe that he was the one who came up with the song. Murder. Brett. Some people on the brpage.net seem to feel this is a Greg song, but I don't really see it. Scrutiny. Greg, first, it sounds like the Greg song, Atheist Peace. The skeptic nature of this song also leads me to believe that it's written by our PhD friend, Dr. Graffin. Prodigal Son, Brett, the wordplay, the allusion to Horatio Alger, and the music in the song all lead me to believe it's a Brett song. The Grand Illusion, Greg, this talk about manipulating molecules and an allusion to Richard Dawkins leads me to believe that it's another Greg song. Lost Pilgrim, I'm going to go with Brett on this one. This is more of a story song, such as Walk Away. Brett writes a lot more of these than Greg does for Bad Religion. Submission Complete, Brett, musically and lyrically, this sounds a lot like All Good Soldiers, The Empire Strikes First, etc., although some people swear that this is a Greg song. I still don't really see it. Fields of Mars, Greg, the piano and the fact that Greg has talked about the meaning of the song in interviews leads me to believe that he wrote it, although some people also seem certain that this is a Brett song. I guess we'll have to wait for some more official confirmation. So, assuming my new predictions are correct, which they're not, I went about 10 and 17 on my original predictions, which is not so bad. Well, there you have it. Moving on, I think it's now time for the return of... Not so Bad Religion Banter. That's right, it's time for some Not So Bad Religion Banter, the section where I celebrate the genius that is Bad Religion's between song commentary. This week's Not So Bad Religion Banter comes from a recent Warped Tour set where Greg is talking about some slam dancing. Let's listen. It's come to my attention that there's a little bit of dust being kicked up by the slam dancing. Uh, that's very highly inconsiderate to the people behind you who can't see. So, uh, yeah, I know, so there's no more slam dancing. Sorry about that. Hey, the president called and said knock it the yeah, fuck off. Too many rules right now, but if you guys don't mind, let's try and keep it down. The slam dancing is getting out of hand. And uh, the people in the back are really the most important, aren't you? <laughs> 
the farther back, actually, than one point. You know where the VIPs are, they're right here. As for the people in the back, the action occurs in the front, okay? I'm sorry if there's too much dust. So the slam dancing must continue. Yeah! Especially for this next song. Funny stuff. Next up is a clip from an interview. This one comes from the same The List show, and if you listen carefully, you can hear live versions of Requiem and Honest Goodbye from that show in the background. Let's take a listen. Hi, we're Bad Religion. Welcome to The List. Is that okay? What has your experience with MySpace been like? I have about 385 friends. I check my page six, ten times a day. I have 666 friends on my personal page. My wife is kind of confused by MySpace. I'm not allowed to have a MySpace page, per se. <laughs> I have uh, roughly 20,000 friends. I'm very tight with all of them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just hope they uh, continue to uh, show the love. I have one friends. <laughs> one. And I can't get rid of the S in friends, so I just think the humor is worth keeping. What has the experience been like to play with so many bands that have been influenced by you? Most of them come up to me and say that the songs have been important to them. And uh, that means that they were moved by work we've done in the past, and that's very meaningful. It doesn't mean necessarily the bands sound like us, but our music played an important part of their development, and that means a lot to us. Are there any ideas you once had that now feel sophomore? We started out really believing that uh, the community of punk would be something that was really uh, committed to a cause or to some you know, betterment of society, and we thought we had the answers. The truth is, the punk community has really retained its spirit, but the causes are varied, as you can imagine, and um, some of them we haven't agreed with. You know, early on, things that seemed so important yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, don't spend any money on production. It should be a shitty-looking show. Is We've thrown those by the way. So oh, no, I, I think we still have a pretty shitty-looking show. Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> yeah, ours is the artist. artist. <laughs> it's not the <a> stuff. <laughs> that's true. But we just think the show should look cool, and uh, it should be exciting for the audience to look at something. And that was the farthest thing from our mind, really. Nothing. We were committed to just the cause of... Uh, music and only cool people being I think we've become much more uh, democratized. A community that's really open to everybody, and uh, it, but it's still uh, a community that's committed to concerns and hopefully a caring community. Where's the best Mexican food in the LA area? Those burritos on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, the dose, oh, huh? You're serious? Totally serious. Wow. That's big. Um, La Serenata de Garibaldi on First Street in Boyle. That is excellent as well. And, and if I may, if we can go like an hour and a half's drive from, I think the best Mexican food in California is at uh, La Taco Super Rica in Santa Barbara. Mm. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay, that might that might be the winner. But in LA, it's a uh, serenade to Garibaldi. Uh, I'll go with uh, La Panita in uh, Hermosa Beach. If you're going by the beach, yep, stop in. Now, uh, like a true Val that I am, <laughs> anyone, you know, it's very very hard to beat Poquillo Mas. 
as a chain. Everyone <laughs> frowns and they say, how can you mention a chain like that? You know, But the truth is, I've never been disappointed there. If you're going for carnitas blanchadas, go to Bokinoma. As a group, we do have a Bad Religion MySpace page. And we have, I think, 170,000 friends now, which is awesome. And I just yeah. want to say thanks to all the kids on MySpace who come to our page and support the band and, and you know, interact on there. And it's, you know, it's actually an important community. It's an important part of our band. So that was an interview with the band, although you might not have heard Brooks since he didn't really talk. Posted on the list, the MySpace thingy that put up some of Bad Religion's Las Vegas show before the Warped Tour got started. Getting back into the album, I mentioned earlier that I would be giving my impressions on the new album after having listened to it many more times since the initial impressions in the beginning of the show. Well, here they come. I'll start again with a song-by-song -song breakdown. 52 seconds. I've grown to like this song a bit more. Now that I expect the unusual vocal filter in the beginning, it's no longer such a shock to me. I still don't really like the lyrics to the chorus, but I have grown to like the verse that starts, We're all engaging in a game of attrition. Heroes and Martyrs. This is still a pretty average song. It's not really bad, but it really doesn't go anywhere that several similar songs haven't gone before. Terms of Perfection. It's kind of a harsh sound that makes me not as attracted to it as maybe I should be. I'd like to hear a good interpretation of what people think this song means, as I've gone through the lyrics several times, and I can't quite come up with a conclusive answer myself. New Dark Ages still seems to be the standout song on New Maps of Hell, a very good example of what Brett can achieve when he's on. The verse that I already talked about, the world will be erased, our kin will be immaculate, ejaculate in space, etc., um, rivals the quality of his best lyrics from The Empire, the one that started with uh, being in the eye of a hurricane in All There Is. Requiem, uh, still one of the best up-tempo songs on this album. Before You Die, this is a pretty interesting song. The chorus is pretty catchy, and it has maybe a little bit more subtlety to it than most of the other Greg songs on this album, assuming that he actually did write this. Honest Goodbye, I don't know, I don't really mind the pop quality of this song. While I think that the New Dark Ages should have been the single over this song, it's certainly not the worst song to listen to on the album like a lot of people feel. Uh, Dearly Beloved is an okay song, certainly not a standout, I think Brett's done better. Grains of Wrath, apparently about turning corn into ethanol fuel, this song is one of the ones that has really grown on me on repeated listens, I really like this song, it's one of my favorite on the album now. Murder, I'm still not crazy about this song, although I like it a little bit more than the first time. Scrutiny, I still think that this song sounds a lot like the better song Atheist Peace. I don't mind it, but it seems a little superfluous. Prodigal Son, one of the better down tempo tracks on the album, the chorus is pretty catchy. The Grand Illusion. I'm still not a very big fan of this song. It's not a very catchy song. The lyrics just don't do enough for me. I think it could have used another verse, or at least some longer verses, because as it is now, it doesn't really get at too much. Essentially, the song seems like Graffin criticizing the anti-science and anti-naturalist camp, but he just doesn't give himself enough words to do anything interesting with it. Lost Pilgrim. Not a bad song, but I think it's hurt by its position on the record. It just seems too similar to Prodigal Son, which came just two songs earlier. Uh, Submission Complete. For a military protest song, this track is pretty good. It still reminds me of All Good Soldiers, although it's hard to say if it's better or worse than that track. 
It's certainly better than The Empire Strikes First, and it's also a good deal more subtle than that song was. As I think about it some more, I guess it's almost like The Defense, although it's not quite as good as that song. Musically, I really enjoy the outro to this song, though. Fields of Mars. This is a very excellent song with a really good chorus. It's definitely one of the better graphing tracks on the album, if you actually wrote it. If not, it's also one of the better Brett tracks on it. Uh, by the way, in case you missed the interview with Graffin about this song, he says, I guess the most blatant we get regarding the Iraq War is an allegory to the God of War in a song called The Fields of Mars. In other interviews, I've heard him discuss how this song imagines a people who have finally gotten rid of war and now see it as this very strange abomination that people in the past practiced for some odd reason. Anyways, I still hope that this doesn't become a live-again relegated to one live performance at a solo show. I can see this song being a very good closer, or at least a good song to come back from an encore with, along with Greg at the Piano. Overall, I think it's still too early for me to give a ranking of this album compared to other Bad Religion albums. Just dealing with recent albums, I think I enjoy it more than The Process of Belief, but I'm not sure where it stands compared to Empire. Empire was an album that I liked a lot after maybe the fourth listen, but I cooled on it since time went on. I think the New Master of Hell still deserves some more listens by me before I even feel qualified to put it in the context of the band's career. Anyways, let's get back to the music. Since I'm out of songs from the most recent album, let's go back 20-some years and play songs from the band's early catalog to chronicle how much they've changed, or how much they haven't changed, since the days of the Bad Religion EP and How Could Hell Be Any Worse. First, I'll play a live version of Faith in God from a 924 Gilman Street show in 1988, followed by a live version of World War III from their show at the Hung Jury Pub in Washington, D.C. in 1986. Then after that, I'll play an interesting acoustic cover version of Tiny Voices done by two people calling themselves Winter Semester on YouTube, the treasure trove of weird and awkward cover songs. Here goes. Three. 
much it for this episode of the bad religion podcast look out for episodes later this summer and maybe even some new interviews if anyone actually gets back to me 
In the meantime, send me any comments you might have to brpodcast at gmail.com and also check out the blog, brpodcast.blogspot.com for back episodes, show descriptions, and a place to leave comments for others to see. To close out the show, I'll be playing the two bonus tracks from the Japanese version of New Maps of Hell, acoustic versions of Sorrow and God Song. See you guys next time. Let me take you to the hurting ground Where all good men are trampled down Just to settle up a bet that could not be won Between a prideful father and his son Won't you guide me now, for I can see A reason for the suffering and this long misery What if every living soul could be upright and strong? Well then I do imagine there will be their crowns Or when the only true Messiah rescues us from ourselves It's easy to imagine there will be Of green 
And did that anthropocentric God wane with their thoughts and beliefs all unseen? I don't think so. He's up there with the others laying low. Vying with those who you've traded your life to bless your soul. And have they told you how to think? Cleanse your mind of sepsis and autonomy. Or have you escaped scrutiny? And regaled yourself with depravity Now we all see Religion's a synthetic frippery Unnecessary In our expanding global cultural efficiency By the way, sorry for all the buzzing in the background of this episode. I'm going to work hard to fix that in the next episode. You're listening to the... Podcast!